Would you mind standing with me in honor of God's word? We are reading from Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. Here we go. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, thank you for the revelation of yourself as our healer. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would speak, you would wash, you would cleanse, you would untie wrong thoughts, wrong ideas, and that you would speak just what you want to speak. Lord, it says that you sent your word and healed them. Speak here today. Holy Spirit, protect this atmosphere that we would um, respond to you. Lord, you know every sickness, every diagnosis, every pain that is in this room right now. Lord, would you help us? Help us come into your presence. Help us to understand your heart on this very important topic we ask. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we have been in a series on the names of God. God revealed himself as I am. And then he filled in the blank. He is, apart from us, he is the eternal God. He is the self-existent God. He is the uncreated one from all eternity. That is who he is in himself. Then he filled the blank in of who he wants to be to us. Names in the Bible are about identity. God wants to get into our identity. He wants to share who he is with us. This is his plan for us. And so we've, this is the last week in the series. We've done the Lord, our righteousness, the Lord, our sanctification, the Lord, our peace. The last week, the Lord, our provider. And this week, the Lord, our healer. Not, I am the Lord, a healer, I am the Lord, your healer. It has to become personal. You have to take this into your identity. I am not my pain. I am not my symptoms. I am not my diagnosis. I am, I am the, he's the healer and I'm the healed. That is who I am. That is part of my identity. Whatever I'm going through, whatever I'm experiencing, this is who he is, and this is who I am in him. The Lord, our healer. I have been in this thing called the ministry for 35 years. I have seen healing. I have seen people die. I have seen people thought they were healed that weren't healed. I have seen everything. It, it, he, there is so much mystery around physical healing. But I've been in this for 35 years and I'm gonna give you today three things I don't believe about healing and three things I do believe about healing. Is that fair? Just two points. Here we go. Point one. Three things I don't believe about healing. Number one. I don't believe prayer or faith is capable of of healing anyone. I don't believe in faith healing. I believe in divine healing. I believe only Jesus heals. 
Pastor John, what about that, that lady? What about that lady in Mark chapter 5? We can even have it up here. 534, where Jesus says to her straight up, your faith has healed you. There it is, right there. Faith healed her. Okay, I get it. That's in the text. Now go back four verses to verse 30. Jesus says, I felt power go out of me. Okay? Jesus' power is what healed her. Her faith partnered with his power. Faith and prayer are windows that we open to partner with the grace of God, the power of God that alone heals us. 1 Peter 1.5, we are, we are kept by the power of God through faith. Faith is the window we open. God's power is what keeps us. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you are saved through faith. Faith doesn't save you. Grace saves you. But faith is the window that allows grace to come through. So we partner with God. So certainly you can close that window. You cannot open up that window for God to come through. You can make it so God is... I mean, God can do anything. He can transcend what what we're doing. But you can make a place where you're not open for healing. But the idea that because you open the window, God has to heal, that he's like a slot machine. And if you you put the nickel in, then something's going to come out. That's simply not true. God, everything God does is by, freely by his grace, not because we made him, because we, we kept all the rules. And so he has to do it our, our way. Um, because Jesus is the healer, um, when we try to take the responsibility that we're going to heal people through our prayer, which I don't think we consciously do it, but we can actually pray past the miracle. We had Chris Gore here uh, a few years ago, he's from Bethel. He led a healing school that Alice and I went to. And so I invited him to come and minister at our church. And we had a lot of fun while he was here. But he taught us about this. And here, here's where we unconsciously start thinking our prayer is going to heal people. We start praying louder. <laughs> If I pray loud enough, there will be more authority and there will be, oh, do it, God, do it. Or pray longer. And if we pray the perfect prayer, that is going to release heaven. And so we're going to get everything in. Lord, you know this and you know that and you know that. And we review the whole history and everything God's done in history. And then God, please, please, please. Guys, it's not like that. Jesus is the healer. Because he's the healer, you don't have to pray long prayers. Chris Gore taught us to pray these little 20-second prayers to release the healing of God into people. And um, it's very powerful. And you, you become conscious that it's not my great prayer. It's Jesus' divine generosity that heals people. Second thing I don't believe about healing. I don't believe... That healing is in the atonement the same way forgiveness is. Isaiah 53 verse 5. He was 
Pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Pastor Tom, it's right there. Healing is right there, clearly. This is, what, this is Jesus on the cross, and healing is part of it. By his wounds we are healed. Friends, there is something called the hermeneutic principle. And all that means is it's a very fancy theological word that simply means this. You have to let the Bible interpret itself. You don't get to pull out a scripture and tell God what it means. You have to let the Bible interpret itself. And specifically in this situation, the New Testament interprets the Old Testament. This verse is quoted once in the New Testament, and I want to read to you how the New Testament quotes, by his stripes we were healed. Here we are, Second Peter, or 1 Peter 2, 24 and 25. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the New Testament interpretation of by his stripes you were healed. It is healed in our relationship with God. We, sin broke the relationship. Our souls became broken. We have been healed so that we can connect with God, so that we can live righteous lives, so that our souls can be connected to God. This is what happened in the atonement. Jesus forgave our sins, and he made us right with God and healed our relationship with God through the atonement. When you put that Jesus... Jesus died for our sins, and in the same way Jesus died for our sicknesses, you end up with an equation that is overreaching. And here's where you get into trouble. I'm in Montevideo. A dear, dear friend of mine, he had been the deacon in the church. His name is Roger. He is, he is in his living room. He is near the end of his life. He is, has cancer. And he is questioning the very love of God. I'm like, Roger, are you kidding me? You've served God all of your life and you're going to question his love right now? And he said, well, here's what I can't get over. Because we had had healing evangelists come and say, Jesus died for your sicknesses the same way he died for your sins. He says, Tom, how can I be forgiven of my sins if I'm not healed of my diseases? If, if Jesus did the same thing, one is outward that you can actually see. The other one is invisible that you just have to believe by faith. If I don't have the physical healing and he died for that so that I would have it, how can I believe that I'm forgiven? The very time he needs to know God's forgiveness the most, God's assurance the most, God's love the most, he can't because the equation doesn't work. The equation simply, now, fortunately, frankly, lots of people that believe it like this don't bother to do the math in their head, and so they're okay. But once in a while, people do the math, and they're like, oh, if this is true, then I can't be forgiven because I'm not healed. Do you see that, how that doesn't work? Third thing I don't believe about healing. Let's find out what it is. <laughs> I don't believe every sickness is caused by sin or by a demon. 
James 5, 14 and 15. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. If. That means that sometimes you get sick just because you got sick. We live in a fallen world. We've all got broken DNA. We've all got stuff that's coming down from generations. There's, there's all kinds of bugs and bacterias. And sometimes you just get sick. And it wasn't because you sinned. You just got sick. If they have committed sins, they will be forgiven. So sometimes you're sick and you didn't sin. Now if also means sometimes when you get sick, it could be because you did sin. The, the, our text today is Exodus fifteen twenty six. If you obey my commands, if you listen to me, then, uh, then we'll be in covenant together. So sometimes when you're sick, you have to see, have I sinned? And usually in the New Testament, because there's only one command in the New Testament, to love. Have I sinned against love? Is there somebody I'm being mean to? Is there somebody I haven't forgiven? Is there somebody that I just need to make right with? Because Jesus, the idea that healing is going to flow when you've got bitterness in your heart or unforgiveness and you, it, it's not going to happen. But listen to the text. Elders, call for the elders. They're going to come and pray. And if you've sinned, it will be forgiven. God wants to forgive you. God doesn't want you to go on uh, taking punishment. Yep, I did this. This is on me. It's because of my sin. Okay, Jesus died for that sin. So there's nothing in between you and being ready for healing. If 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 you've sinned, then God will forgive you. Just get honest. Just get honest. Clear that thing out. And let's make a way where we're in an atmosphere that is conducive for God's healing touch. Um, I don't believe every sickness is a demon. Um, how do you know if there's a demon involved in your sickness? Here's how I check. Sometimes we just get sick. Every one of us gets sick from time to time. We've got a cold, we've got a fever, we've got the flu, we caught this, we caught that. I don't think that that takes a demon. You just be in this world and you're going to have that. Here's where I get suspicious that, that, that there's a demon involved. Where instead of you getting sick, sickness has you. You go from sickness to sickness to sickness to sickness and it's like you can't get better. You get better from one thing. You immediately have something else. Usually that's a spirit of affliction where there is a demonic presence that is enforcing sickness on your life and you, you just can't seem to get better. You're like the prisoner of sickness. All that means is this. Today when we pray, you're not gonna just get healed. You're gonna get delivered. Many times when Jesus prayed for people, they got not just healed but delivered at the same time. Peter and Paul, when they prayed for people, they would, demons would leave as well. If there's demons involved, you will go free from them. I want to talk for just a moment about the demonic. The first sign that follows those that believe is they will cast out demons. Every believer has authority over the devil. The devil is a liar. So what he wants you to do is get afraid and get 
worried and freak out that there might be a demon involved and that maybe there's a demon and maybe the demon's in my room and maybe the demon and the, the devil and the big devil and you get afraid and you get, ah, uh, I'm under the grip. Listen, here's how you think of demons. The same way you think about mosquitoes. And what do I mean by that? Simply this. When you experience something demonic, when I get a mosquito on me, I don't... Fr- ah! There's a mosquito! I never... Th- Listen, there's mosquitoes in the world. I know mosquitoes are going to get on me from time to time. I don't freak out. I'm not surprised. I'm like... Ah! No, they're just here. They're here. I, sometimes it is surprising how they got in. How did they get in to the house. Well, who left the door open? How did, how did that thing get in here? But I don't freak out. I, I understand mosquitoes are in this world. But listen, when a mosquito gets in my area, do you know what's going to happen to that mosquito? Yeah, it's going it's, it's to be swatted. Boom. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to deal with it decisively. I'm going to deal with it right now. And every believer has the right and the responsibility to take authority over the demonic. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. The only way, the only time that doesn't work is if he can get you to believe that you don't have that authority and that he's got all of this great power. Then he can get you freaked out because of darkness. Now, there's a second extreme one extreme is the dev, big devil's out there and he's controlling everything and, and that's one extreme. Here's the other extreme. We don't believe in demons. We don't believe in the devil. We're 21st century. We, we just believe, we, we're, we're past that. Now listen, you're never going to b- win a war you don't believe in. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to settle for Jesus' worldview. Jesus said there are demons. Jesus spent his ministry ministering, and he would cast out demons when they showed up. But I want, I want to be very clear on this. Jesus didn't get up in the morning looking for demons. Jesus said, I do whatever I see the Father doing. The Father and I are going to walk. The Father and I, his focus was on the Father, and he walked through life. And when a demon got in his way, it got swatted. And that's, that's what God wants for us. He doesn't want us to be afraid. He doesn't want us to be in fear. Nor does he want us out in the woods chasing mosquitoes. I'm going to go get those mosquitoes. I've got authority. Listen, the mosquitoes are going to win that battle. You just do what God tells you to do. And if a demon shows up, swat it in Jesus' name. That's, that's point one. Those are three things I don't believe about healing. Here's the three things I do believe about healing. Number one, I believe healing is in the kingdom of God. Matthew 8, 17. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. This happened during Jesus' ministry. He's at Simon Peter's uh, house and the sick have come from all over the place and everybody has been healed and the Bible says this, this fulfilled what was spoken about him. He's going to bear and carry our sicknesses away. It's not speaking about the atonement. It's speaking about his ministry. His ministry, he ministered to the sick. He ministered to the oppressed. This is in the kingdom of God. When Jesus was on this earth, the kingdom was fully here. When Jesus comes back again the second time, the kingdom will be fully here. Right now, the kingdom is here, but not completely here. 
And there are things in the kingdom of God that we have to contend for. I can, I can give you several of them. Um, one would be uh, holiness. Holiness is in the, the atonement. Jesus dying on the cross for us brings us into the kingdom. It gives us entrance into the kingdom. That is what happens when we come to Christ. We are in the kingdom right now. Now, there are things in the kingdom that we pursue, that we contend for. One is holiness, becoming beautiful, becoming more like Jesus. That is in the kingdom. We're not going to be completely like that until the kingdom's fully here when we get our new bodies. Another one is freedom. We, we, we're free, but we're getting freer. We're contending for our freedom. We're contending for the freedom of others. Healing is in the kingdom as well, but it must be contended for. The Holy Spirit who is given to us right when we come into the kingdom, when we're forgiven our sins, the Holy Spirit is, he, he comes inside of us and he leads us into the kingdom. He leads us to places. He highlights things. And when the Holy Spirit's highlighting things, oftentimes we don't want that thing. We want something else. Take me over here in the kingdom. Take me over here in the kingdom. Guys, that's not how it works. You, when the Holy Spirit wants to talk about something, talk about it with him. If he's doing something, that's what he's doing right now. Stop trying to get him to do something else. Do what he wants to do now. He knows about the other things that are in the kingdom. And, and, and he'll, he'll, lead, he'll lead us around. It's called intimacy with God. God has a timing for everything. So when the kingdom was fully here, Jesus said, nobody, the, the, the reason why my disciples don't fast because the bridegroom's here right now. The king is among you. The kingdom is here right now fully. They don't need to do much because I'm here. The time is coming where they will fast. They will mourn because of my absence. They'll contend for my presence in this world. They'll contend. They'll, they'll push in for my kingdom to come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is a pushing prayer of the body of Christ. We want more of heaven to come. We know the day is coming when Jesus comes back. Heaven will take over earth. But we're not in that time yet. Right now we're contending for more of heaven to be manifest on this earth. Now, five times in the Gospels, it says that Jesus healed everybody. He didn't, he didn't say, I'm going to heal this group, and this group is going to keep going through it. He didn't say, uh, you guys go home. You're gonna, you're gonna, you need to learn something. You're gonna, five times he healed everybody that was sick. Guys, healing is in God's heart. Healing is in his plan for us. Now that encourages me that, Je that Jesus is a healer and he wants to heal people. Let me tell you what encourages me more. Acts chapter 5, verse 16. This is the one time in Peter's ministry where it says that everybody, they, God had been doing some amazing things and people around Jerusalem brought their, their sick and their afflicted and their oppressed out into the streets that Peter's shadow might touch them. And the Bible says this, everybody that experienced Peter's shadow got healed. Still Jesus is healing, but it was through Peter. In, in Acts chapter 28, verse 9, Paul is on the, he's been shipwrecked to this island on Malta and uh, the, 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 the chief of the tribe that's on that island, his name is Publius, his father is got a high fever, is at the point of death. Paul goes in, prays, then ministers healing to him and after he gets healed, 
Everyone on the island that was sick or in pain or in need or afflicted in any way came and everybody was healed. It's the only time in Paul's ministry, only time in Peter's ministry. Amazing. The kingdom can come that way. So last year, 2018, I'm in Mumbai, India. Pastor Nick from High Point and I were doing pastors' conferences. We did four conferences, four different cities for over 1,000 pastors and leaders. Um, but on Sundays, we did churches. And the first Sunday we were there, we were in Mumbai. And the church was in an orphanage. And so there's, there's all these adults and there's all these kids. I've already got my message prepared. It's too late to come up with a children's story. I'm just gonna preach what I've got. And so... The message was on one thing and about seeking God's face and about making things right with God and getting all lesser things out of the way and really putting God first. And I get done with the message and the pastor comes up and he says to his congregation, I've been deeply convicted by this message. I'm gonna have Pastor Tom pray for me personally. And if any of you want him to pray for you, I invite you to come. And so I pray for the pastor And then one after another after another, this goes on for about an hour. I am with the neediest people on the planet. And for one hour, not one of them asked for anything for themselves. They just asked for Jesus. They asked that whatever is distracting them would be out of the way, that they would know God more. For one hour, we're an hour in, and I turn to the pastor and I say, Pastor, I really think God wants to heal people right now. And so he, he says that, if you want healing, come on up. And this lady comes up, a uh, black lady. We're in the in, it's, it's usually Indian. She's, she's very dark. And she comes up, and I say, ma'am, and it's through an interpreter, ma'am, tell me what's wrong with you. Where is your pain? She says, the pain is all the way through me. I said, how, how, how bad is it? She said, it's horrible all the time. She probably had fibromyalgia because it's just, you can't locate it. It's just, I'm just in pain. And I said, Okay. And so uh, I pray a 30-second prayer. Jesus, thank you for being our healer. I release healing right now. Pain, go, healing, come in Jesus' name. So she's getting prayed for like this. I'm praying this through the interpreter. I get done praying. Interpreter gets done praying. She goes like this. I'm like, ma'am. She turns around. I said, where are you going? She said, I'm healed. Now, now forgive me, forgive me, but I said this. What do you mean you're healed? <laughs> do you mean like it's a little better? Do you, you mean like God, you felt God's presence? What do you, she said, I mean, she said, I mean the pain is entirely gone all the way through my body. Now, as she says this, I notice my hands are on fire. I've never had this before. I turned to the pastor. I said, Pastor, my hands are burning right now. I said, I want you to tell everybody, everybody that's sick out there that my hands are burning to come up right now. And guys, what I saw in the next hour was I've never seen it. In all of my ministry, I haven't seen it since. Every single person that came up had all of their symptoms leave immediately. It was, it, it was, it was to the point where I knew, I knew, I knew everybody was going to get healed. I just, there was no, 
effort. It just, whatever you got, you just tell me what it is. Okay, be healed in Jesus' name. How's that? And they're like, yep, all the way, completely done. You say, well, Pastor Tom, that's India. What about here? Well, here's my question. Why not here? He's a healer. This is about his goodness. Why not here? Healing is in the kingdom. Only, listen, only Jesus' hands heal. But today, we are his hands. He has to borrow our hands. It's still his hands healing. But we are now his hands. He heals through our, I didn't heal anybody in Mumbai. Jesus healed people. He just happened to use my hands. Second thing I believe about healing is I believe that we have a right and a responsibility as his favored children. Number one, here's our right. You have a right as a child of God to ask and believe for healing. That is one of your rights as a child of God. And when I say favored child, uh, and I, I, because oftentimes what comes into our minds is this. <laughs> well, I'm a child of God because I prayed the prayer, but I'm certainly not a favored child. I've been kind of a bad, bad child. I'm on the naughty list. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You don't understand what I mean when I say favored. Every child of God is favored because of Christ and what he has done. The gospel is not about you being good enough. It's about Jesus being good enough. And you get that thing confused and you think this is about you earning healing and you're, you're not, God won't heal on those terms. A lot of times people think, I deserve to be sick. I deserve to have this pain. I, I was bad and now I deserve this. Listen, stop it. You're trying to pay for something. Jesus paid for it on the cross. Don't be a martyr. Don't work off your own sins by your sickness and pain. Let Jesus be Jesus. You are not Jesus. Now, how, do we, how can I grasp this? Here's the gospel in a way that everybody here can understand it. Dennis the menace. It's very simple. Very simple. Joey and Dennis have got a mound of cookies and they are eating happily. And Joey asked this question. I wonder what we did that Mrs. Wilson made all these cookies for us. And Dennis, and no one knows this better than Dennis, because Dennis is naughty. Dennis says, Joey, Mrs. Wilson doesn't make us cookies because we're good. Mrs. Wilson makes us cookies because Mrs. Wilson is good. That is the gospel. Jesus doesn't heal you because you've been good. He heals you because he's, he's good. He is good. He is generous. He is graceful. Last thing I believe about healing. I believe, oh, I didn't give you the responsibility. <laughs> we all have a right to ask. And we all have a responsibility as favored children of God to trust God if it doesn't happen in the time or in the way we wanted it to happen.
Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord. The things that are revealed belong to us and to our children. The secret things belong to the God. God can't explain everything to you. Well, I, I prayed for healing and it didn't happen. How do you know? How do you know? There's no expiration date on faith. If you're believing God for healing, then keep believing. Just because it hasn't happened yet, just because it hasn't happened outwardly yet, just because it doesn't mean God's not doing it, about to do it, that there's a kairos coming, that he will do it, stop giving up. He's a healer, you're the healed. Why did, why did you stop believing? Well, because I told him I wanted it done by Friday. Well, God, you're not, you don't, you don't get to be God. I'm sorry. I told God I wanted it all at once. I wanted a miracle all at once. I didn't want to have to go to the doctor. I'm so sorry you're not God. Why? Well, I'm afraid of doctors. I don't want to go to the doctor. I want Jesus to do it. Well, maybe Jesus is going to make you go to the doctor so he can conquer your fear. Wouldn't that be a victory? We have to trust God. We have to trust God. Let's try to not be spoiled children. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna ask and we're going to ask respectfully and we're going to believe God because he's a generous God and if it doesn't work out exactly how we thought it would, we're going to trust that he's still good. We're not going to give up on him. I love, I love the three Hebrew children. Our God is able to deliver us. That's the, that's the, that's the prayer of hope. God can do it again. You want to get hope for healing? Just read the Bible. I, read the Gospels. You want to get hope that God could heal you? Read the Gospels, and you're going to see God in motion. Well, that's Jesus. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I know Jesus is good, but what about the Father? Jesus said, I only do the things the Father is showing me. They are the Father's, this is the Father's heart. You want to get hope that God could heal you? Read the Gospels. Then they said this, our God is able to deliver us, and our God will deliver us. That's the prayer of faith. That's saying, not only could he, could he do it, he's going to do it for us. That's really important that we go from hope to actually believing it will happen for us. And then thirdly, but even if he doesn't, we won't bow down and worship you, O King Nebuchadnezzar. That's called the prayer of surrender. God is able, and we can't think of any reason why he won't do it for us, but he's not in our hip pocket, and we don't tell him what to do. He is God, and we're surrendered to his purpose, and if for some secret reason that we know not of that we're gonna die in this fire, and God's gonna state something else, he's God, he can use us however he wants to, and we're gonna love him and trust him anyway. That's the responsibility of every believer. Now we get to number three. Third thing I believe about healing. I believe it's hardest to believe for healing when you are the one who is sick. James 5 says to the sick person, call for the elders of the church. They'll anoint you. They'll pray over you. They will exercise faith over you. And their prayer of faith will raise you up. This is the graciousness of God. He knows it's hardest. When you're the one in pain, when you're the one that's received the diagnosis, when you're, it, it wipes you out. And then your faith gets worse as people pray for you. Because this person already prayed for me, they prayed for me, the church prayed for me, the, I was on the hotline, they prayed for me, and, uh, and I'm not any better. And then somebody else comes and says, could I pray for you? P- please don't. I, I don't think I can take any more disappointment or disillusionment. And you just, you just end up going on. Well, 
2013. It was over the summer. We were back in Montevideo, Minnesota, where I had pastored before. We were on vacation, and we had a, they had a dinner for us, and so we had a whole group of people gathered together, and I was telling them stories about Bethel because we had been at Bethel. We had been at that healing thing. We had seen healing. Since then, God had been doing this. I'm just giving testimony after testimony after testimony, and I'm, we're in the middle of the night, and one of the uh, ladies comes up to me named Sue, and she whispers in my ear, and she says, um, Taylor is having one of his headaches, so we're going to have to leave. And I, I, I don't want to appear rude at all, but we're, we're going to have to leave. And I'm like, are you kidding me, Sue? I'm telling all of these healing stories? <laughs> and you guys are going to leave without me even having a chance to pray for Taylor? Could I pray for Taylor before he goes? And she said, well, that would be up to Taylor. Now, you, you might think, obviously, people are going to want prayer, but here's their story. Sue's husband, Taylor's dad, Ted, had died five years earlier from cancer. Now, here's the story on Ted. Ted was a leader in that church. He was a deacon in that church. He was faithful in that church. We prayed for Ted. We fasted for Ted. We, we had vigils for Ted. He's got four kids. He's a, he's a big farmer. He's got four kids. He's, he's just the picture of what a Christian father should be. We need him. His kids need him. This world needs him. We are believing God for a miracle for Ted. Ted dies anyway. So I get it. If God's a healer, he would have healed Ted. And so Taylor's got this, and I, for whatever reason, God doesn't like healing us. I don't, I don't know why, but we've learned we're just going to survive. I get why people don't pray. I get why people just don't want to. So she asked Taylor, Taylor, can Pastor Tom pray for her? He's heard all these testimonies. He's 16 years old at the time. And he says, yeah, Pastor Tom can pray for him. I said, well, tell me the story. How did you get these headaches? And here's the story. Two years earlier, he was dropped on his head on concrete. The result of it was these headaches that he would have every day, at least one a day, and doctors could not touch them. No medication could touch these headaches. So what happens when they come on him, he has to go in a dark room and he just has to wait them out. And, and so this thing, it, it's like the controlling thing in their life. It's the controlling thing. It, not just in Taylor's life, the whole family. Whole family has to leave. Taylor's having one of his headaches. Oh yeah, that means we have to go. The, the, this affliction is running their home. Everything is around this. Their money is going to doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor and he's no better. Yeah, I'll let Pastor Tom pray for me. So I pray, I put my hand on his head. Pray very brief prayer. Jesus, thank you that you're our healer. I release healing into this head and into whatever is going on in there. In Jesus' name, be healed. Pain, go. Healing, come. Amen. I don't ask him a word. I don't. I notice that they don't leave. They end up staying the whole night. Early the next morning, I'm up having my quiet time, and the, the family that I'm staying with, the dad there, he's a good friend of mine, he comes out of his room, and he says, did you read what, what Taylor wrote on Facebook? I'm not on Facebook, so I have no, I'm like, what did Taylor write? 
Here's what he wrote. He just read it right from his, his phone. He said, I am 16 years old. I have been raised in a, as a Christian for 16 years. He said, and last night, I experienced the real presence of God for the first time. He said, I felt the presence of God go over my skull and into my mind, and I know that God healed me last night. So this is his post on Facebook. Here's what happened. Headaches never came back. Two months later, we're at a wedding in Minneapolis that they're at. I'm t- Taylor, how are you doing? He said, no headaches. Last year, so this is now five years later, we were back over the summer and we're at a, at a, he's there with his new girlfriend. And I said, Taylor, how about the headaches? He said, let me tell the testimony again. He, in front of his girl, tells the whole testimony about how God broke in and healed him and changed his life by the touch that only God could give. Could we have every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment? We're going to have healing prayer in just a moment before, before we do. Guys, the greatest healing is not physical healing, it's salvation. The greatest healing is you getting healed in your relationship with God. Jesus came and he died on a cross so that your sins could be forgiven and that your relationship with God could be healed, that you could walk with God because of God's grace toward you. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door and knocks. And if anybody hears his voice and opens the door, he will come in. He wants to come in. He wants to forgive you. He wants to give you what's called the gift of eternal life. A gift is something someone else paid for that you get for free. He paid for a gift for you. He paid. It was not cheap. It cost him his life. It cost him his blood. He took your place on the cross. He died your death. He took your sins on the cross. And you, he can now offer it to you for free. But you have to open up the door. You have to say, yes, save me. Yes, I'm a sinner that needs saving. If this is you, you're not sure you're forgiven, you're not sure that you have this gift of eternal life, you're not sure if you would go to heaven if you died, but you know Jesus is knocking today. I want to have a prayer for you because this is the greatest healing. If that is you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if this is you, raise your hand real high right now. We're gonna pray that prayer. We are now going to pray a prayer. I want you to follow me in this prayer right out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for being our healer. I release your healing right now into this body. Pain, go. Healing, come. Symptoms, go. Healing, come. In Jesus' name, be healed. Amen. Amen. Okay, I want everybody to check their pain. Check their pain, check their symptoms. Stay with me. Stay with me, guys. All right, I want everybody to look up here. I want everybody to look up here. Guys, Jesus prayed for somebody twice. If your symptoms are all gone in the second prayer, just thank God that you're healed. If, there's, if it's not complete, then we're going to do the same thing a second time. Here we go. 
Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for being our healer. Thank you for all the healing that happened the first time we prayed. You are so good. Now, Lord, complete that healing. Pain, go. Healing, come. Symptoms, go. Healing, come. In Jesus' name, be healed. Amen. Now, I want you to check your symptoms. Check your symptoms. Check your pain. Check your back. Whatever it is. Can, can, we, can we all stand, please? Father, I thank you for every single one that got prayed for. Lord, I believe something happened for everyone, whether they felt it or not, whether their symptoms changed or not. You are a healer. And Lord, you have poured grace out today. So Father, I pray for those that might not have got the full healing, but they got a seed today. Lord, I pray they would water it. I pray they would weed it. I pray they would stand for it. I pray they would accept you as their healer. I pray tomorrow morning they'd say, Jesus, you are my healer. Not just a healer. You are my healer. I break fear in Jesus' name. I break fear of disease. I break fear of it getting worse. I break fear of the future in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray, God, as we walk out of this place today, that we would know every single one of us that we are loved that you are good and Lord that we are carriers of you and you are a healer help us Lord to bring your healing everywhere we go spirit, soul and body Father for any that might feel disillusioned or disappointed right now Lord it says this it says this no one who trusts you will be disappointed Would you speak into that disappointment, God? And would you do something, maybe even today, maybe even tonight, of taking away that which we've been dealing with? Please, God, we love you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. We're gonna have ministry teams up here. If you would like more prayer, come on up and get prayer. Bless you.